0: My frustration comes more with that like equity and uh and addressing the problems that are existing right now and how can we make sure that our students feel valued and successful and safe and are successful and feel safe rather than anything personal with me or my story or personal with the teachers or the principal or the isd or whatever it may be there's no hate or resentment there um it's for me so yeah no I, I i really just want to see changes made
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Oh My Curry Goodness podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Islam, and this is a podcast where I talk to Gen Zers who are making a difference in their communities about their journey and how they became the person they are today. And while it's always great to talk about the accomplishments and all the great things that have happened in a person's life, I really want to be able to know the personal side, all the obstacles that they have overcome throughout their journey to get to where they are today, because these obstacles have play a huge part in our journey. And the stories of each journey that a person takes is ultimately what makes us human beings. And while we are all different, these are this is probably one of the main things that we all have in common. And I am really excited about this week's guest because I really want to know more about this person. My guest is Haley Taylor Schlitz, who is the youngest black law graduate in the United States. And when I say her list of accomplishments, I truly cannot believe that this is something she accomplished. At 13 years old, she graduated from high school. At 17, she graduated from college. And at 21, she graduated from law school. And this happened last year, but, her, but the record is still significant. And just to put it into context, I am 21 years old and I just finished my third year of undergrad. So this is insane, but nevertheless, Haley, I know we're gonna talk so much about your record and your journey, but nevertheless, thank you so much for joining the Oh My Curry Goodness Podcast.
0: No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk with you.
1: Oh my gosh, I am really excited as well. And I cannot believe those words just came out of my mouth. 13 years old, graduating (laughs) from high school, 21 to law school or 21 graduating from law school. And I I wanna start there because I think for a lot of people from the outside point of view, we see a record like that and we're immediately amazed. We say all these crazy things like you're the smartest person in the world. You're extremely talented and you are. There's no question about it. But for you personally, how do you feel about, I guess, the the way you, you finished everything? Do you feel, I guess, impressed by your own accomplishments? Do you feel like you could have done it a bit quicker? Do you kind of feel like, you you, what's what's the mindset like from you personally, as opposed to what I guess people are thinking about you?
0: Yeah, no. So I'm I'm very proud of myself, and all the accomplishments definitely feel very real, and um I feel very celebrated, and I'm very proud of myself for being able to come as far as I have. Um, obviously with standing on the shoulders of my ancestors, with the help of my uh, my village, my mom, my dad, um are really obviously huge roles in in my life journey and my life success. I um was 19 when I graduated law school last year. I'm only 20 now, and so a lot of the times when when we know I was to say because a lot of the times when people are talking to me they're like so you couldn't even like you couldn't even drink you I mean I couldn't drive when I was an undergrad I, you couldn't even drink like what like was your experience like like did you think that you missed anything or do you feel like like, do you feel sad about any of the things that you feel like you may have lost as like childhood wise? And um, no, I mean, I think that a lot of it, uh, a lot of it is, this is exactly where I needed to be. Um, it was very healthy for me. Um, But additionally, it was, um, you know, it's who, it's my journey, you know, and I, and I built it to be this way. So I'm very proud of um, how far I was able to come. And um, I think that a lot of the things of my childhood were still there. So I'm very happy with the way my journey played out. So to answer your question, yes, I'm happy and I'm proud. Um, and I'm excited uh, to see what's what's in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Firstly, I apologize for saying at 21, you graduate from law school. I guess because I turned 21. So like the number is just like ingrained <laughs> in my head. But no, I remember don't 19 be. years old. Yeah. So that's hey. on me. I apologize. But no, um, don't be. <laughs> that record is still in place. And it was funny because I remembered when <laughs> I first met you. And um, it took a bit of took a bit of time. Because uh, I think like you were busy with something and then I was getting to know you the first time and you were like, oh, sorry, I was making cupcakes and I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then I was thinking to myself as I was waiting, <laughs> what kind of cupcakes is she eating? What, like <laughs> What is she eating right now? Maybe I need to eat these kind of cupcakes so that I can get smart. But <laughs> um, I actually do want to know, like now that you have this record and it is a like you did it at a very fast pace. Obviously, like that's better than 99% of the, the country's population. <laughs> and i think it's very easy to see to assume that like people would think that you know absolutely everything and so like for you as someone who has it's been a year since you've held this record what do you feel like have been some of the misconceptions around you based on like what you've seen and heard because i think while people can say oh wow you're the smartest person in the world i still think that there are still things you can easily grow or you can easily learn from in that Maybe there are some things that you still don't know about, so to lim- so it kind of like limits the idea that you are the smartest person in the world, yeah. even though you are really, really talented.
0: No, that's a great question. And I- I'm really glad you asked it because it's kind of what I was touching at. Um, j- just, what I- just what I was saying uh, with being like the-, the misconception of my childhood and my socialization. That's a huge one um, because I was homeschooled from ages 11 to 13 right before I graduated high school. Um, I was homeschooled or I graduated from homeschool high school and a lot of the misconceptions are the fact that I didn't have any friends or I missed out on a lot of the things that just come with childhood and that's not true Um, part of it is my mom did a really good job making sure I got that healthy socialization Um, so I was in a lot of extracurriculars like say for example basketball fencing piano a lot of those extracurriculars are separated by age so I played on a basketball team with other girls my age I had a lot of socialization with people my age and I got that childhood um, those childhood experiences with the friends the sleepovers the the dances the parties those things I had all of them um like I was a debutante for example so I didn't have a prom but I did go and have a debutante I got to be in the dress I got to have the date the dance All of it. So I have a lot of these parallel experiences to what most people uh, uh, go through when they're going through their childhood and their lives. So I think that's a huge misconception. Another one that you were hinting on is the fact that I'm just a genius. I think that that's a very big misconception with a lot of people. There was a lot of hard work that went into this. It wasn't I was just born knowing the law. You know, number one, the law is made up by mankind. So to be born knowing something like that when we completely made it up is already a very like would be a very, very like rare Thing that exists, but additionally, um, I was uh, there was a lot of hard work involved as well. So I've even said on TV and stuff before, like I'm not a huge fan of the term genius because I feel like it really disconnects me from uh, the people who are trying to be inspired by my story or the people I am trying to inspire by my story. If I'm just a genius, then a lot of people kind of lose connection, feeling like they really can't do it. You know, like oh, she was just born this way. She was just born with this knowledge. Uh, She was just born better, and that's not at all what happened. There was a lot of hard work and a lot of opportunities that I had growing up that I was able to take advantage of and that I was able to uh, maximize my my skills and develop my weaknesses um, to be where I'm at today. And I feel like that's a much more relatable story that can inspire those around me and those who come after me to also strive for their best selves and their best lives. So um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's a big misconception. I'm not a huge fan of the word genius because like I said, I feel like that puts a barrier between me and and the people I'm trying to communicate with.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting point where it, it's it's all about that connect that connection and using that term genius kind of like separates you from people, even though you don't want it to be. And I always feel yeah. like whenever, which, whenever, whatever guest I bring on, or especially like the theme of this podcast is that you, you feel the sense of relatability that it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is or whatever it may be, that you're all, that you are capable of doing something really special. And it is really interesting because it's, it is unfair to un, like, it is easy to forget that that came with a lot of hard work. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, I was born this way. And and I, here I am. It's, it's, it's the sense that, and I feel like for you, it's, it's really hard to convince people that like, even though I got here, that I didn't get here by accident, I got here by hard work. And even though you see all the successes I may be having, you're not seeing the 99% of the time where I'm failing or things are not going my way. And I think that's what we hope, that's what we should learn for is that that's actually the real work, not just the, not just always the success story.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I, I completely echo that. I'm glad you said it. Exactly.
1: So for you, and it was interesting is when we were little, I think growing up, if we told people that we love the idea of learning, people think we're crazy. And like, especially like the core, like the like science, math, history, language arts, people, we love to learn. And they're like, why? Well, like, I'd rather play video games. And then I think <laughs> nowadays, I feel like nowadays, I think the idea of learning has shifted into the sense where it's like, oh, it's actually a really good thing to learn about new things or, um, find ways to actually enjoy the topics we've learned. But as someone who's actually able to incorporate it at a young age, and obviously we'll talk about more because the fact that you were actually homeschooled and the fact that you also, there was a period of time where I guess you were out of touch with the love for learning, but Mm -hmm. for you, where did that, I guess the idea of learning, the, the love, the love for learning, come from because you're able to incorporate it at an a, at an early age, whereas yeah. people like me and me, I'm sure other people, that was something we, I guess, we embraced later on in our lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that's something that's really common in childhood in general is just really uh, not really seeing a lot of the value and impact learning can have on your life. And that's something that happened to me as well. When I went to intermediate school, um, I was more focused on, you know, just like the the social aspects of school, which is not really like, obviously, the original intent of school is to make sure that we educate the next generation, pass on what we've learned, so that way they can build on it. And um, that I kind of, like you said, lost touch with that. And my mom's an ER doctor. And so I think this is really um, like I think it really comes full circle as to what I was saying at the beginning in the sense of a lot of it is connected to those who came before you and utilizing your village, your your network and really relying on them. Because my mom, being an adult, but also being somebody who values education as an ER doctor, saw the value and uh, in education for me and believed in me when I didn't even really know that I needed somebody to believe in uh, to believe in me, not much less did I believe in myself. So, um, you know, I think a lot of times children, they, they don't really value or appre- understand how impactful learning is, how impactful education is, and to be able to have somebody in your village, whether it be a guardian or a teacher, somebody in your village that can can believe in you push you uh, further, encourage you to work harder, invest in you, and really pour into you is something that's very, very impactful in the long run. You know, my mom, like I said, she's an ER doctor and really values education and valued it for me and valued my education. Uh, She paid attention to me, invested in me. And when public school wasn't working for me, she decided to try other options because she knew how impactful education is. And she understands how impactful education is and how much I I will value it in the future when I'm not a child. And so um like you said I think you hit the nail on the head like a lot of times when people are younger they don't really they're not super connected to their love for learning um but and that develops as you get older but for me I was fortunate enough to have a and a, a life in an environment where my mom and my dad could to pull me out and homeschool me and could reignite that passion for learning in me when oftentimes it takes a lot longer for somebody to do that for themselves. I had somebody who could help me with that when I was younger. So, um, yes, I did. uh, I did lose a passion for education when I was in fifth grade. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's probably for a lot of reasons, like I said, some of the big parts being that I just cared more about the socialization and, and the friends than I did about the lessons. Um, and also being a gifted and talented student that had been overlooked, I wasn't really being challenged either. So it all felt so superficial to me. Like it was all so and none of it was engaging i wasn't interested i wasn't being challenged i wasn't i wasn't curious like i used to be because there was nothing to be curious about everything was already answered in like 5 seconds because i was gifted and talented but i wasn't seen as a gifted and talented student so um yes you hit the nail on the head i agree um and i was very fortunate to have um a mom who not only saw this in me but also um was able to take advantage of an opportunity to help me
1: yeah, I actually would love to know more about the training session. I hate to use a sports term, but I was watching sports the other day. So I was like, I'm going to use this term. Yes. Um, so uh, tell me a bit about what that was like, behind closed doors when you were going through that early stages of like learning and you, you like you mentioned, like your mom, your dad, your whole community really pushing you and trying to get the best out of you. Because I feel like especially at a young age, where like, if we learn something that we don't understand how impactful it can be in the long run because i feel like for a lot of us we focus so much on short term rather than long term and so that's why i feel like it's easy for someone like you to be far more ahead than someone like me um but what but, but i don't want to say that like even like there are also like really smart people who are taking the average route as opposed to the, the route you took but tell me talk to me about what that or like that what that What was what was like going what it was like behind closed doors when you were trying to like push yourself, how were you able to I guess keep going throughout that time. And not just being like, okay mom, this is too challenging or dad, this is too much, let me just try to be like a normal human being not not to say that you're not normal but it's like you get what I mean sense of like like maybe you know maybe i'm I should just be okay with the average way of education.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think that a lot of the reason why that didn't happen for me is because it is what I needed. Um, They recognized that I wasn't being challenged where I was at. And so they decided to pull me out and it really, really catered to me, you know, and that's something that really does wonders in education is when you are, when you are seen and when you are, when, when you're, when your education is tailored to you, because we all learn differently. We all learn at different rates and we all have different passions that play a role in how quickly we pick things up and what we want to do, what we want to learn in the first place. And um, I was fortunate enough to have parents who saw that in me and gave me that opportunity and could even give me that opportunity, you know, with life circumstances. and. um and that, I mean, that really played a role in why I was able to excel. Uh, this is exactly where I needed to be. I mean, I was at the perfect level of challenging where it wasn't too much. Like you were saying, like, this is too challenging or I just want to go back to um, you know, the traditional high school, like, that's not how I felt, because this really was a space that my parents found and made for me. So it was perfect for me, because it was all done with me in mind. They know they know who I am. And all of their actions were with the intent of doing me uh, doing me well. And so they did that, and it was successful. And I was able to see the value in education again because I, my education was meaningful to me because it was for me. So never, never did I feel like this is too hard. I want to call it quits or I want to go back to a traditional setting because this setting was for me. This was my setting, and it was very, very impactful on not only my passion and my point of view of my of education in general, but also it has changed the trajectory of where I ended up in my career, you know, I want to write education. Policy that way, I can give other people the same sense of tailored education and passion for for learning because learning is not something that ends when you walk across the stage or when you graduate. That we are all life learners, you know. So, when the sooner you can learn to value that and the sooner you can learn to lean into that and learn yourself as a student how you learn best, what you want to learn about, and how you can learn things that you maybe don't care about efficiently and effectively, um, the sooner you'll be able to really maximize your success and um, enjoy uh, all the ins and outs of life all the ups and downs uh, because you can learn from it so at the end of the day it may not it's not as bad as maybe it would have been um because you learn from it and it won't happen again or you became stronger or a different person because of whatever trials and tribulations you're going through so um yeah no i mean to answer your question i never i never really felt like this is not for me this is too hard i want to go back to a traditional setting because uh, to the contrary that my parents did such a good job making sure for me and my siblings they gave us everything we needed um to really succeed not just in education but as as a human being
1: yeah and i think one of the most important things is really just to i guess embrace all the challenges that you're going to be facing because even though yeah. i mean because and that's the thing i think for a lot of us we're so afraid to either fail get it wrong or whatever or yeah. any negative feeling we have that we don't really understand that like learning isn't just math science history and language arts but it's also yeah. how learning about learning about yourself learning about what is right yeah. and I guess some of the things that maybe you need to work on and use the things that i guess sometimes don't go your way or those times where you did fail use that as a learning opportunity to grow because learning and growing or ultimately it's not like like you said it's not something that is there until college it's going to be there wherever you go and even like even in life and whatever profession it is you're in you're going to be continuous you're constantly learning and growing and i think the sooner we embrace that aspect, especially like the failure part, because it's and like I said, when we talked about like the youngest black law graduate, people are going to be like, no, we got to go 100 miles per hour because we see at 19 years yeah. old graduated this. But yeah. then again, it's also like, that is true. But yeah. also more importantly, it's about learning and growing. And even though she did at a fast pace, everyone goes at yeah. their own pace. And But ultimately, you're going to get to that end goal, yeah. whatever that may be.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, I mean, it's it's much easier to not feel behind or ahead. Like my whole life, I didn't feel obviously I'm aware that I'm ahead of the traditional uh, rate that most most students go at. But for me, I never felt particularly like for in, in in my individual sense, I didn't feel so far ahead or even behind when I had to slow down at certain points to uh, really understand something um, because it was just me. You know, like this education journey was mine. This education setting was created for me. There was, I was a graduating class of one from high school. There was nobody to fall behind from or be ahead of. So when, wherever I was in my, in my path for education, this is, I'm exactly on time because this is exactly what I need to do to make sure I succeed. So if I needed five years for college, that's not behind. That's exactly what I needed. So I got exactly what I needed. I did what I needed to do to succeed. And if I did it in three years or if I didn't two, or if, you know, you take a a gap year and then you go because you want to work on your career, you want to go to trade school, military service, all those things are for you. That's your journey. And you're not behind yourself. You're not ahead of yourself because obviously you are you. So um, for me, going through my journey, it's exactly what you said. You know, I didn't feel... Um, Like I had to go 100 miles an hour. Like this was not like it was never the plan. My parents didn't pull me out of public school like we're going to make sure that she's the youngest this or that she's going to run for this office or she's going to become this specific, you know, career like none of that was ever the intent they really pulled me out and every step we took was was it was like walking in the dark, you know, we're just okay, well, what's the next step? What do we do now? Like she graduated high school. I mean, I guess the next step, she's 13, you know, the next step is to go to college. I mean, you can't work and get a job and stuff at 13. So and or serve in the military. So the next step is okay, well, how does she enroll in college? And we kind of just took it step by step. It was never the plan. And it really worked out because this is exactly what I needed. So I completely agree with everything you said.
1: It is difficult. And I do want to know your your thoughts on this. I feel like especially for black and brown parents, especially like in our and like in South Asian cultures, we are constantly known for comparing our kids to other others. So it's like my kid is graduating college in two years. My kid is graduating in or earlier, yeah. whatever that may be. And if you take more time, then it's like, yeah. oh then that means you might be stupid. And yeah. I do wonder, um, If that's something that even though you're proud of, if you're ever worried about potentially giving the wrong message to other people, where they might look at you and they go, Oh, I feel stupid. And it's, and like we talked about, it's like, we're we're all at our own pace. Like our only competition is ourselves. Are we better than our, I guess our own version yesterday? And then what can we do to be better tomorrow? But I feel like as someone who excelled at a very fast rate, do you often feel like even though you're trying to give the right intentions of trying to like pursue your own journey, that sometimes because of the achievements, people get the wrong message from you.
0: Yeah, I do worry about that. So I try to choose my words really carefully. And I always start any talk I'm giving to a a graduating class or to a classroom or to a law firm or anything like, I hope that my story is inspiring you to live your best life to do your path, the best way that you can not to do what I did. Because what I did was good for me. But most people out there don't even want to be a lawyer like so don't try to do my journey because i did it just i hope my story inspires you to to really change the way you look at education to change the way you look at your career to change the way you look at opportunities and barriers and reapproach you know like really readjust the way you approach difficulty the way you approach success the way you approach other people the way you approach life you know what you want to do and how you get there doesn't have to be um any particular way even if most people go to school at this rate and this year, and, and, and most of your peers are graduating or whatever, like to really make sure that you are approaching your life with you in mind. And I hope that my story inspires people to like, think outside the box. And a lot of times I use the analogy, like, a lot of these systems are cookie cutter systems, but most people aren't even cookie dough, you know? So you feel bad because you're not fitting in the system, but you're not even, the system wasn't even made for you. Like it was cookie, cookie cutters are made for cookie dough and you're not cookie dough. So you weren't even made to fit into this and you're basing your self-value on something that wasn't even for you. So to really reevaluate like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you succeed, you may blame it on luck, but when you fail, you blame yourself, like to really reevaluate a lot of the ways you approach education, your career, relationships with other people, life in general is what I hope my story inspires you to do. So I do worry about that. Sometimes I really try to make sure I hone that point at the beginning. And at the end of my story, like, I hope that after listening to me, you, what the message you take away is how, what can I do to make my experience more catering to me more tailored to me so if you're in school right now are there classes that you can take or or you know different organizations you can volunteer at or, or different extracurriculars you can join that make your education more tailored to you it's so that way not only do you enjoy it more and you reignite a passion that may be lost but additionally go through you and you enjoy it and it pushes you when you enjoy something you you want to do it you want to excel and you'll be more successful and more happy and at peace so I do worry about that and so i really try to make sure that i uh, tell my story in a way that's inspiring and not like encourage i don't want to encourage any comparison
1: yeah no i really like that because i think at the end of the day it is about and being like inspired by your story instead of just being in this comparison game and yeah. i think the i think that's the problem we focus so much on the comparison thing and it's so easy to be so down on ourselves and then also kind of be envious towards you even though you have nothing to like your intention is not to brag to people. Your intention is to just show people that like you can do anything and it's okay to go at your own pace because ultimately you're going to do great at the end. But I, I want to talk about, obviously my podcast is about, um, you know, just learning about your journey and like in the obstacles that you encountered. And one of the obstacles was that you obviously mentioned that you were homeschooled and what happened, part of it was because there was a point in time where you had the lost interest in learning. And then you, you uh, tried to, test in the gifted program in your school. And the school said no. And then that took you throughout this homeschooling journey. And here you are today. Um, I do want to talk about, which is that I I wonder if obviously it will go back to the fact that that school, whatever that school was, denied you a chance to really challenge yourself, improve yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if I guess there's like, I don't want to say like, um, for lack of a better phrase, if you ever had to like Try to like prove them wrong like prove the school wrong like is there ever a sense like throughout your story or throughout your journey you're just like one day i hope that there's someone from this school who said no to me regrets that decision like i don't and it's it's unfair to ask you this because i've interacted with you numerous times and i know how nice and generous and energetic you are but i often wonder if there's like this like like i guess like this anger in you where you're just like i'm going to prove Person A, Person B, wrong because of what they denied me. Like, do you get know I me? Mean? Like, do you ever had that yes. fire in you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really good question, and I think really my anger is more with how many students are overlooked in the system. You know, I was really fortunate to have a mom and a dad who not only knew of the opportunity to homeschool me, but but could take advantage of it. You know, there are plenty of families out there that knows homeschooling exists and knows that it's an option for everyone. But you know, whether it be work. Money, travel, whatever it may be, they can't take advantage of that opportunity. And how many students are being overlooked? You know, so it's not really anger at any particular person, or even at the school or the the ISD or or anything like that. Um, I'm I'm very happy with where I'm at right now, and everything happens for a reason. Um, but my anger and my and and my anger turning into motivation um, is really for the students who are in the system now, or students who got overlooked in the system. Um, and how can we make sure that doesn't happen anymore? Because like I think we should all be angry about that we should all be frustrated not just about me or or my journey like that's not obviously it's a way bigger picture than that I mean my my journey motivates and fires me up but we should all be upset with the fact that the public school system overlooks a lot of students and is really not I mean it's it's in need for an update and what can we as a community do to turn our anger into motivation and not just be mad and not just and not be like violent or hateful obviously but what can we you, what can we do to turn our frustration into motivation and into change and so for me my anger and frustration more comes from the disservice that girls and students of color face in our public school system um not really a personal like i'm going to get this person back or i'm going to prove them wrong like that's never been my motivation um fortunately you know i mean that, that there's plenty of people who have gone through situations where that that is a lot of what is inside of them and for me um uh, i that's not what motivates me Um, Rather, the fact that there are a lot of students who are still in the system, especially, like I said, students of color and girls that are being overlooked. And what can we do as a community to refocus on what's important? You know, making sure that students are successful and that our teachers feel valued, making sure that our families and our communities that are investing and pouring resources into these public schools really feel like they're getting what they need out of it. And whether that be financially or just what we stand for, making sure that our students feel welcome and safe in the schools. What can we do as a community to value education, value our students, value our youth? and make sure that everyone is successful and uh, you know that I mean that doesn't mean that you know everybody should be homeschooled because public school has a lot of value and a lot of people utilize it and are so successful and appreciative appreciative of what it offers. but there's a lot of students who are overlooked and who, who go through a lot of horrible things in public school and what can we do to stop that? That's where my frustration and my anger comes from, not really a personal story, not toward any one person, but more of I want the whole community should feel like, you know, a sense of urgency with our education system from school shootings to book banning to really just student success and inclusivity, what can we do to make sure that we um, create the changes we wanna see? And so that's where my frustration comes from. The fact that this should have already happened, but certainly it needs to happen soon. Like we need to focus on this. We need to have a sense of urgency and we need to do it well. So that way these these issues don't continue in the future. New issues may arise as time changes. But these issues that we're facing, we shouldn't keep facing them going forward. We need to address them and solve them and solve problems as they keep coming up. So my frustration comes more with that, like equity and and addressing the problems that are existing right now and how can we make sure that our students feel valued and successful and safe and are successful and feel safe rather than anything personal with me or my story or personal with the teachers or the principal or the ISD or whatever it may be there's no hate or resentment there um it's for me so yeah no I I I really just want to see changes made
1: yeah I like the fact that you were just you're just someone that is not necessarily angry at that particular group of people. It's just more of the fact that there are a lot of people, there are people like you who have a chance to challenge themselves and yet are not given that opportunity. And as someone who goes to, as someone who um, spent majority of their life uh, being homeschooled, uh, I feel like a lot of people, and you kind of, I was gonna ask you at some point, which is, do you feel like your story is about the fact the the the, pet, the potential benefits of homeschooling or like the the bad stuff about public schooling but you kind of talked about how like public schooling and homeschooling they have like they have their differences there might be some things that public schools have that homeschooling doesn't and vice versa but and obviously everyone's experiences will be different regardless of what it may be but do talk about what it was like being homeschooled and did you have i guess when you were in homeschooling did you ever have any misconceptions as to far as to what homeschooling really is? Because I feel like for me, if you told me, Hamza, we're going to or if, if my mom said, Hamza, we're going to do homeschooling, I would have just been like, I'm going to be home all day. And that's it. But like, I guess, talk about like what homeschooling is and what some of the misconceptions you had when you first started.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my mom started homeschooling me when I was 11. And uh, some of the misconceptions I had are some of the really popular ones, you know, like the ones that you just said, really just being at home. Uh, the socialization is a huge part of homeschooling. A lot of questions that I get asked when it comes to homeschooling and the misconceptions of it, and even the misconceptions I had when I was 11 um, about like, well, what about my friends? Like, what about my socialization? What about the things that public school, the events and, and, the, and the engagements that public school offers that I'm not going to get access to anymore because I'm not In public school? Like, what does that mean? Um, And uh, my mom, you know, she, like I said, she did a great job really making sure that we address these concerns because, of course, as a parent, you know, these are the questions you ask as well. Like, I don't want to hurt my kid, I don't want to do them any disservices. And I want to make sure that my kid grows up and can function in society socially. So my mom also had that question and also was something that was apprehensive uh, as she started to homeschool me. And so, like I said, she really made it a point to make sure that I got the socialization I needed. She put me in a bunch of a bunch of instruments speech and debate math camp i did summer camps I, I mean i did i did everything and i appreciate that not only because i'm well-rounded and i have those skills but also because um, it really nurtured my education you know now education wasn't just about sitting in a chair and listening to a lecture um i got to do a lot of things outside i got to go on a lot of trips i got to engage with a lot of people um in my at homeschooling i i, I argue gave me a better education and socialization, both, um, than what public school could have given me. Not only because, you know, public school, like, kind of overlooked me personally, but also because homeschooling, when you're homeschooled, you could do a lot of things that maybe public school just doesn't Have the ability to do, you know. There's uh, 40 students to one teacher. I mean, like, I mean, there's some things that you really just don't have the the manpower to do. But when I was homeschooled, we were able to take trips to Amsterdam to look at Anne Frank's house. And I really, I mean, it wasn't. It went from just seeing it on in in words on a page in a book to seeing where she lived, seeing what she had to do, seeing where her family was, and and uh, really putting myself as much as I can in the time by being in that house. Like it's that's not something that. Public school can't take all eight hundred students down to Amsterdam and have them walk around in the house like that's not you don't have the manpower you don't have the money like a lot of things go into taking care of so many students in education that when I was homeschooled I got those opportunities I got to you know dissect a frog I got to go outside and and try to make a rocket ship that you know flew in the air you got to do these kinds of things where it's really much more personal and a lot more uh, in in a lot of ways it could be a lot more engaging because my learning style uh could be catered to you know some students really learn effectively effectively when they can get their hands on things, like see it, you know, like even in math, for example, like if you can see the cube and you're holding it as you try to figure out the volume, I can show you which measurements you're supposed to use rather than on a page. Trying to look at a 3D cube on a page can be really difficult for a student who learns best visually or by hands-on. And That's something that can not only be catered to, but even noticed when you're homeschooled that often could go overlooked when you're in public school. Because, you know, like I said, like sometimes it's just the facts of the matter that there are 40 students and one teacher and they have to teach the same lesson to everyone and they have an agenda that they have to be on. And maybe maybe they can't cater to every single individual student Every single day when every single lesson. So a lot of those things like that was a misconception of mine when I started homeschooling when I was 11. And, you know, even my mom was apprehensive about like, what about the socialization? And also, as I don't like my mom, like, like I said, my education was better, but the apprehension was, I'm a doctor, I I don't, I'm a doctor, so I could teach her some things about science, but I don't know everything that I need to know to teach her everything she needs to know. Like, I don't know everything. That's why in high school, you have a team of people. You have somebody that's an expert in each of their fields in math and science and history that teach you that. It's not just one teacher that teaches high school. And so my mom going into homeschooling me is apprehensive. Like, I I, I don't know everything. How can I teach her everything she needs to know? Um. And so I wasn't entirely homeschooled. Uh, for the two years that I homeschooled, I went to a college style school. And that college style school is where I was at a building with teachers, with friends, the school dances, the proms, the sports, all of that, two days a week and the rest of the time I was at home. So just imagine public school, but for half of the week instead of the full week. So I had the teachers, I had the experts, I had the homework, I had the friends, I had the events, but I also had the flexibility that comes with homeschooling. I had the opportunities to be seen as a student that comes with homeschooling. So that was an apprehension of my mom's and also apprehension of mine as much as it could have been when I was 11 that she really noticed and tried to keep in mind as she navigated this as as the oldest child, she didn't have uh, you know, in a handy book to refer to. But that's something that like, it was a great question that she really tried to be mindful of, how can I make sure that her socialization is where it needs to be so that she could function in society. And I did a lot of extracurriculars to really integrate me into my, my age group, integrate me and expose me to society and different, you know, make me well rounded person. And educationally, you know, she like, I, I like anybody recognizes, I don't know everything, but she needs to learn. I need a team of people. I need tutors. I need online resources. What can I do to make sure she gets a quality education? So um, those are two really big apprehensions and a lot of misconceptions with homeschooling that you don't get in an education and that you don't learn and your parents are just giving you A's. That's not what homeschooling is. That's a huge misconception, but you really do get a good education with homeschooling, especially if you're really intentional with it. And socialization is a second really huge misconception that you're just at home in your bedroom like just you know, secluded from society all day, every day, all year around. When it doesn't have to be that way, you know, some people do prefer to be at home more. They're introverts or homebodies or want to do online education because they learn better that way. But that doesn't mean that you never get out in the world, or that means that doesn't mean you don't have friends. So those are some misconceptions of mine that um, I notice are a lot, a big misconception about homeschooling um, that are just actually not true.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that because I think it is so easy to think that it's just getting all A's quote unquote, yep. and doing things, just, just sitting around, but realizing that it is still a challenge. And I feel like even if homeschooling, you're able to go at your own pace, there, there are still challenges that you have to face and also your parents as well. Now I went to public schooling, schooling my whole life. And I, I, while I know that there were things that they could have improved and there were things that I did enjoy, um, I feel like the transition from let's say high school to college was simpler in the sense that you know you had i guess i don't know i, I don't how would i say this in terms of like you could easily report your grades to colleges and everything else yeah. i'd love to know how were you able to i guess trans like report your grades quote unquote to college like how was that how explain that process because i feel like it's it's difficult to explain but like in college you could you could say okay i had a in this class i had a 4.0 gpa or whatever that is send that to college yeah. What was that transition like, especially going from uh, especially being homeschooled? Like, I feel like it's such it's it's a very complex process.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when you're homeschooling, you know, there's there's uh there obviously colleges want a a transcript with your grades, and um when you're homeschooling, uh, it varies state by state what the laws are. Um, but here in Texas, uh, it is a lot. There's a lot more flexibility for the parents um to decide. Uh, what what constitutes a class what constitutes a lesson and wh- how how you're graded part of it was I wasn't entirely homeschooled so I did have a transcript I could take from a school with teachers and all that good stuff and bring it to a bring it to a college so I did have some tangible documents that kept track of my grades and and uh, external teachers were, would vouch for those grades and approve that um that I could give to this co- the colleges but additionally uh, my my I went from high school to I did a year of community college um, and then I transferred to university for two years and then I graduated. So um, when you're going to a community college, at least a community college I went to, um, it's a lot less like stiff than if you're just a high school, then if you're a high school senior who's applying to be a college freshman at, you know, name a university, um, that's a lot more stiff than going to a community college because the the idea behind a community college is that anybody at any point in their lives can walk in and say, I want to, I want to better my education. I want to better my understanding in a certain topic. I want to better myself as a person or as a student. I want to sign up for classes. And so a lot of times community college gets a bad rep with families um, or with students or with parents or. even teachers in the community because it's seen as something that's not an accomplishment like it's really easy anybody can walk in and as long as you can pay for the classes you can sign up and take them so it's not an accomplishment but and i think that uh, that's a really huge misconception with community college because number one it's not that easy but number two it is supposed to be easier to to serve the community but it's really a, a hidden gem you can really use that it's cheaper And it's a lot more flexible for those who want to, like I did my first two years of college in one year and we were able to afford that and do that like with our time because I couldn't drive. So- I didn't. I, my dad had to drive me to school every day, and I was only 14, so I didn't want to go live on a dorm in California or New York or name a state because we lived in Texas, and I wanted to stay close to home. So it's really is a hidden gem for families who, uh, you know, don't like they want to they want to transition into college, they want to start college, or they don't know if college is for them, or they don't know what they want to do yet in college. It's a really great stepping stone and in transition into university. Um, but it's cheaper and more flexible. You could take a lot more classes at a time. You don't have you don't have to the uh-huh be so constrained into the freshman, sophomore, junior, you know, because people use community college for a lot of different reasons, rather than just a traditional four years of university. So um, I think a lot of those things played a role in my transition from uh, high school to university is I not only did I was I wasn't entirely homeschooled. So I did have some records that came with my application. But additionally, I went to community college. And so when I was requesting to transfer, I applied to 18 different universities, and I got accepted into all of them. And the reason why I was able to do that is because I had um, I was I was applying as a transfer student and I had community college transcripts that I was able to give them as well so they could see that I was a good student from reputable sources and it wasn't just my mom giving me good grades like I had records from the college college school I went to and from community college and they could see that I was worthy of taking a a chance on worthy of taking a bet on because I was a good student and I would do their school well and I would do well for myself as in, in, in as well so I think that um those play a role in my transition from high school to university. Um I guess the two biggest things is one, I wasn't entirely homeschooled. Um that probably would have changed a couple of just way just the like paperwork and the ways that you like go about it. Um, but additionally I did utilize community college, which was so wonderful and I recommend it to all the students I talk to to my te- my students that I teach I recommend it to them I'm like this is a really good opportunity for you to kind of dip your toes in the water um, and see you know because there are some students who um, they want to take a gap year and that's because they don't know what they want to do um so they just plan on taking a gap year and kind of finding fi- finding and figuring it out um, but I encourage them you know no matter what you're majoring in in college, there's some courses that you're just going to have to take, like everybody has to take a certain amount, you have to get a certain amount of science credits, a certain amount of math credits, a certain amount of English credits, everybody has to do that, no matter your major, you have to take English 1301, that's a class that you have to take, like uh, an intri- intri- introduction level English course, writing course, you have to take that course, no matter your major. So if you think you want to go to college, you might as well start knocking some of those things out, because you're going to have to do it no matter what you decide. So, um, and it's, and if you decide that you don't want to go to college, you didn't apply a university and go thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. So it's a really great way to kind of get your toes in the water, get exposed to how college works, see if college is for you. And while you're figuring yourself out, you might as well get the things that you have to do no matter what done. You know, you might as well get those core classes done while you're figuring out what you want to major in, because what you want to major in really starts to have a huge impact on your classes in your third and fourth year, when you start to take specialized classes, 3,000 and 4,000 level classes for that major. So if you're a major in chemistry, you start taking the really higher level, harder level chemistry classes in your third and fourth year. Everybody though, even if you're an art major, a history major, everybody has to take some science courses while you're in college. Everybody does. It may not have to be, you know, physics, but it's a science course you have to take. So you might as well get started by taking a science course because you're going to have to no matter what. So while you're figuring out what you want to do, you can go ahead and get the requirements done. So all that to say, I think my transition was um, easier than like like it's a great question because I think that that would be a genuine a lot, a lot of genuine concerns like okay I'm homeschooling but what's next after homeschool I mean you can't just give yourself all A's and then go to college I mean everybody would just do that it's not that easy but for me I think it, a, a lot of ease was added to the transition because I wasn't entirely homeschooling because I utilized community college which is just a really great thing to do.
1: Yeah, I so now I want to talk about college experiences because I think. I'm gonna read this again so 17 uh, you graduated from I think Texas Women's University and then at 19 you graduated from Southern Methodist University yes. um so tell me a bit about what the experience was like I mean I'm, I'm assuming you you took in-person classes right okay so yeah, yeah so what was that experience like did you feel I guess nervous in the sense that you were much younger or did you feel like because of the pace you were at, you felt that you could have, and this goes back to, do you ever feel like you're giving the wrong message? Did you ever mm-hmm. feel like people were, you, you were worried in a way that people were going to feel like they're stupid because you were going to call it at 17 or 19 and obviously don't get me wrong. College classes are hard. People obviously you you know why you're there, but then when they see someone like you, it's very easy to feel like, oh crap, maybe, maybe this is not the right for me or imposter syndrome is hitting everyone, even though you're just trying to be you as much as possible.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And um, and, I mean, it's kind of funny because when I was, I was in college from age, I did in three years, Uh, but like, like I said, I was able to do um, my first and second year in my first, like in the span of one year. So I was able to finish my undergraduate degree at, uh, in three years. So from the ages of 13 to 16, um, uh, I was, I was in college, but I guess I didn't look that young or something because when I went into the classes and I sat down, there was not like, obviously, if a five year old walks into your college class, that's something to do a second, a second look at, because that's obvious. But I guess being, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, like the, from that age, I guess I really started when I was 14. But being 14, 15, 16 years old, um I I guess I didn't look so young, you know, I'm sure I looked young, but it wasn't something that was like, oh, my God, like, what, what are you doing here? You look like a toddler. So um when I was in the classes, it really, it really wasn't like, uh, it wasn't something that caused a problem um, because I, I looked like I looked like I fit right in. And then even when they did find out, uh, eventually that I was 15, 16 years old, Um, they, it wasn't, they, it, of course, it, they asked questions like, oh, like, how are you here? Or, you know, like, are you like dual credit? Or are you here as a full time student? Or what do you want to do? Or whatever. But after we had a, a conversation about it, and they, you know, asked, and I answered, and it was like a really good conversation. After that, I mean, it was just kind of a normal experience for me. I mean, we were, we were in class, we would do the homework, we would do the group projects, discussion boards, quizzes, I mean, it was just a really normal experience, and I think that's really wonderful, you know, I, and I think that that a, a, can, can can be really relieving to hear for students who want to try dipping their toes in the water of community college or dual credit courses, even though they're not 18 yet, um, is that they, I didn't face anybody who, any of my peers, none of them were ever like, you shouldn't be here, or like, you're too young to be here or anything, like, and I didn't have any experiences where um, I genuinely made people feel stupid or anything like that, that, like, that was never something that I experienced. And I was able to make friends. And I had a great time. I was in student organizations, like, it was really a normal experience for me. Um, And, you know, just being being 13, being 14, 15, and 16, I graduated at 16. So never once could I drive down to campus. So my dad always drove me. But besides that, I had a pretty normal experience in undergrad. So um, yeah, no, I don't I think that a lot of it is I don't navigate these spaces feeling like I'm so much better than anyone, you know? And I think that that really does impact how people perceive my story. If I was like, I'm just a genius or I'm, you know, I'm so accomplished. I'm so wonderful. Like, aren't you, aren't you jealous of me? Then that would really, you know, that would obviously my story would have a whole different tone to it. Um, But the way I try to tell my story and when, when my peers would ask questions when I was an undergrad, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I was homeschooled and, and um, I was able to graduate early um, because, you know, I, that's just, That's just where I needed to be, to be engaged. Like, this is just where I'm at academically and I'm able to understand things at this level. Um, And it's like a lot, oftentimes I compare it to, you know, if you're talking to a fifth grader and they say they're in fifth grade, you wouldn't ask them like, Oh my God, is that like, that? Is that so hard? Like, are you like, are you having a really hard time? Like, Oh wow. Like you wouldn't be like worried for them or anything because that's exactly where they, that's exactly where they need to be at that time. Like that's in, from your point of view and your mind, that's exactly where they should be. You wouldn't be asking them like, Oh my God, like, are you okay? Or, Oh my God, or is it too hard? And, and you wouldn't feel any kind of, you wouldn't feel any kind of way about it. You, I mean, cause that's in your mind, exactly where they should be. They're in fifth grade and they're, they're fifth grade age. So for me, and so I tell people when I tell my story, this is exactly where I needed to be to be engaged, to be interested, to be a successful student, to be challenged and 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 stay curious and actually learn. This is exactly where I need to be. You know, I mean, like I I'm exactly in the right space. And so, um, anytime somebody would be like concerned or like, oh well, you know, was this like really really hard for you? Uh, obviously college, like obviously at anything in life comes with ups and downs, trials and tribulations. I, you know, like I didn't just know how to do it all on the first day but it wasn't particularly hard for me like it's exactly where I needed to be just like anybody else who's anywhere else like that's exactly where they should be and so um yeah no so I didn't uh I I couldn't drive because I graduated when I was 16 so I would say that was the most abnormal thing about my my undergraduate experience
1: <laughs> no I can't imagine um <laughs> I want to now transition into the future uh, or talk about the future because i feel like and like, we mentioned this before right like learning is a lifelong thing it's not like you're done after a certain amount of time although it would be really funny if one day you just decide to become a professor and so like i go to ohio state and it'd be really funny if we were in a chemistry class and i was just sitting next to you and you're like 21 or 20 years old 20 21 years old and i'm asking you like you know so what grade are you in and, I'll, and you're just like i'm a professor actually <laughs> I'm 21 years old, I'm a professor, also pop quiz. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> um, it would be really funny if you did pull that off. But I do want to ask, and, and, and uh, I want to ask what is next for you? What are some of the things that you do want to achieve? Because um, I mean, obviously, it's nice to have that record. are uh, youngest Black Law graduate. But obviously, you're going to be continuing to pursue whatever you pursue. So what, uh, and also, because I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think When you first started this journey you wanted to become you wanted to do something in chemistry but then now you are in the education policy so like what are some things you would i guess you want to continue doing going on to the future
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely and i'm really glad you mentioned that because that's kind of where it starts like what i want to do in the future kind of starts way back in the past um my mom is an er doctor so i wanted to be one up until like my sophomore year of college, you know, uh, so pretty recently for me, Um, up until then, I uh, was a major in chemistry, I wanted to be a doctor, but I did a lot of self-reflection on how fortunate I was, um, and all the things we talked about, you know, that's what my self-reflection was on, like how fortunate I was to have parents that I did have the opportunities that I've had, that we could take advantage of it, I was very like fortunate, a lot of things just kind of aligned for me, um, but how many students, don't have the opportunities, don't know they exist, don't know how to do it. You shouldn't have to, you know, you should be able to be a 19 year old lawyer and go to public school. You should be able to be a 19 year old doctor. You should be able to be a 40 year old doctor. You should be able to be everything that you want to be and have went to public school. It shouldn't be in any way a hindrance, of course, but for so many students, it really is something that is slowing them down or dragging them down or deflating them uh, rather than empowering them, educating them and moving them forward. And, um, so, I, I, yeah, so to answer your question, that's when I switched my major to education. And when I decided I want to go to law school because I want to write education policy that changes the way our public school system functions from the start time and the end time to teacher diversity and student inclusion, everything under the sun. We should start having conversations about these things and really writing policies that change them because, like I said, a lot of my frustration and motivation comes from the, the fact that I was fortunate, but how many students, like you shouldn't have to be like, have the stars aligned the way it did for me. How many students are being overlooked in the system and that shouldn't happen? How can we stop it? So to answer your question, that's what I want to do in the future is write education policy. Um, and that can be done in a lot of different ways. Obviously, um, what it sounds like in the sense of like being a legislator, writing the policies, being an elected official, that's something that's definitely on the table and that I'm considering. There's obviously a couple other ways that you can do it, like being a lobbyist and working for a nonprofit that communicates with the elected officials gives them statistics and stories and and communicates what the community wants to see um, and how to how to how to make those changes so there's a couple of different ways to impact policy um, and I want to explore all of them and eventually I do want to be a professor Um, that way I can you know uh, give it's not just about the material I'm teaching but tools that I have on how to learn and how to be a good student how to learn yourself as a person um, and as a life learner. So I definitely do want to go full circle and be a professor. I'm a teacher right now and I was teaching uh, 7th through 12th grade. And so a lot of people did ask me, like, are you worried it's going to be weird that you're 19 and 20 years old and your students are 18 years old? Like, do you think that's going to be really weird? And I I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, obviously it's, I don't know what to expect until I start teaching, but I didn't think it would be that weird because, you know, I'm the teacher and they're the student. And that's kind of like, it was just, it was just kind of a solid ground and foundation to start on. Like, I have a lot that I want to teach you and convey to you. And you guys are here to hopefully um, receive a lot of it and be receptive to a lot of it. So um, now that I've been teaching for the last school year, I can I can say that it was not weird. It went very well. And um, I think that honestly, me being closer to their age gave me a different way to connect with them and communicate. And hopefully they received information better than they would have had they had a different teacher. Of course, I, I hope that Um, I was a really good teacher and they say that I am. So, you know, I've had a really great time teaching. So I do want to be a professor as well. So a lot of big things in the future.
1: (laughs) Before I let you go, obviously, you've had such an amazing journey and at such a fast pace. And we see the fact that you're the the youngest Black Law graduate in American history. And I'm sure it's gonna be very hard for anyone to beat that record. But you mentioned that everything happens for a reason, right? And even the things that don't go away, eventually we're gonna to learn to overcome them because it's gonna help us grow and become a better human being. But looking back throughout your whole life, what do you feel like we're, What do you feel like you wish you could, I guess, change? What what are some of the things you wish you could have changed so that maybe you could have been, you could have, you felt, I guess you would have been more satisfied with yourself or do you feel like everything that either went your way or didn't go your way you were just like i'm happy that these things happened because it shaped me into who i am today do you feel like that's what that's what your mindset is or do you feel like there's a there's there's a couple of things you wish could have been there could have been a different event rather than what you did end up facing
0: yeah, no that that's a wonderful question and I think that um in the moment or or immediately after the moment I definitely if you would have asked me then I definitely would've been like no, I could have learned these lessons and not gone through that. But um I looking back I really think that um I did grow a lot as a person from those from some from certain experiences. Like for example, I in my first year of law school I didn't uh do as well as I had wanted on my legal research and writing course. And um, it's what it sounds like, a legal writing course. And um, I've always loved to write. I've wanted to be a writer and author. I've always loved it. And that was pretty deflating, not only as somebody who likes to write, but also somehow somebody who's a law student and wants to be a good legal writer um, to not do well in the course. I was really deflated. Um, but instead of Letting it kind of bring me down and make me feel like I'm not a good writer and I couldn't be a good legal writer like that's just not for me. Um, I really tried to use it as like, oh, this is a tell that I have room to improve, so I want to improve. Like uh, this is just, I'm I'm just gonna use it as a stepping stone to improve. So. For uh, every opportunity I got to write um, uh, legal essays for my classes, after that I did, and I never got the low B on any of my legal essays after that class. So I really think that now, if you ask me now, um, I'm glad that it happened in the sense of I was able to grow as a student, as a person, and I used it as motivation to become a really good legal writer. In the moment, if you ask me, I would be like, no, no, I could, I can learn to be a better writer without without this like I didn't need to go through this but um, I think now after it's all done and you know I'm, I'm able to be successfully move past that point, Um, I think that it it ended up working out exactly the way that I wanted to exactly the way that was best for me. And, and, you know, I'm sure I could have learned a lesson, that lesson in a bunch of different ways, and maybe some easier than what I went through. But um, it ended up working out, you know, so I don't think a lot of times when I when I reminisce over the past, and I'm like, man, if this would have just happened differently, if I could have just done this instead, I try to remind myself, especially since we have no control over that, that it was for the best, you know, because you can either choose to believe that it was like it was a horrible experience and you wish it was different or you can choose to believe that you know you can use that to empower yourself either way what happened happened and you can't change it so I would rather um look at it as something that I can use to empower myself and and move forward and learn from and hopefully as a point of relatability uh so when people think I'm just a genius like no I've had my my times of trials and tribulations just like everyone um so I think that in the long run it's really made me as a person better and also me as hopefully as a role model and a leader better as well so i think the latter in your question
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah ultimately i mean the biggest lesson i would take away is just that everything happens for a reason you know regardless of the good or bad you know something good will happen at the end of the day and it's just a matter of patience and um not worrying about the success or failures of other people but rather the success and failures of yourself but yes If there's one thing I've learned from you, and I'm really glad this is what I do with every guest on this podcast is just to be able to understand truly what it means to be a human or what it means to be some, what it, what it's like to be someone else. And, you know, I do hope that people listening to this, when they look at the youngest black law graduate in American history, they think, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I'm not that smart, but in reality, it's understanding that everyone had a journey to get to where they are today. And it's just about pursuing your own journey and like we said everything i feel like that's the moral of this episode which is that everything happens for a reason and some people their success happened earlier or later but ultimately it will happen it's just a matter of perseverance and to keep trying and embracing everything every step of the way
0: exactly no i love that recap that was beautiful
1: well i know you are busy and especially with all the school stuff um but I just want to say thank you so much for joining the podcast congratulations on all the amazing things you've done and i do hope we get to meet in person and hopefully my hopefully no one ever compares me to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no thank you for having me and taking time to talk with me i'd love to uh connect and stay in touch
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you saw, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at theomcgpodcast Podcast for more information on guests, preview clips, and more. I'm really excited to continue to produce more episodes in the future. Please continue to support this podcast, and I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode.